Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many glad God's fighting for you? How many glad that God's on your side? Come on, somebody. Run one rider said like said it like this, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. How many in this place can testify if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side? Come on. That sickness would have taken you out. That car accident would have taken your life. That 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 situation that you would have went through would have you would have lost your mind if it had not been for the Lord who was on your side. Somebody give God praise that He is on your side. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your worship today. I'm gonna get right into the word of the Lord. I'm gonna do my best to let you out early. Somebody said amen. You feel the Holy Ghost in that? Amen. Matthew chapter 25, if you have your Bibles with you. If you don't, shame on, no, I'm kidding. It'll be on the screen behind me. Matthew 25, verse number 1. The Word of God said, in, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no, no oil with them. But the wise took not only oil in their lamps, but they also took oil in a vessel. Verse number five, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And then the word of the Lord says, And at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Things were just going on as normal. And they found themselves like any of us would in the nighttime, in the midnight hour, fast asleep, slumbering, dreaming perhaps, but it was at that moment when they were at rest or they, they were at a, in a state of peace and restfulness that a cry was made and the bridegroom came and they went out to meet him. I want to preach to you for the next few moments on this subject, the other side of midnight. The other side of midnight. Would you put your Bibles down? Would you raise your hands to heaven? Would you ask God to speak into your life this morning? God, we need you now. God, we call upon your word. We call upon your name today, God, by the authority of your word and by the power that is in your name. God, I pray that you would speak to this congregation, God. Speak to my heart today. God, I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our mind with understanding of what you are saying to your church in this crucial hour in time. We give you all glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> the old song of the church says, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Because my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. I may live in this world. I may dwell in this 
earthly world, but I am not of this world. I may be a pilgrim. I may be a traveler. I may just be simply a sojourner. I am a person who resides temporarily in a certain place. I want all of us to know this morning, and if you're going to wait for me to get to the crux of my message, you're not going to have to wait very long, because I want to tell you at the onslaught of this message that time is of the essence, and time is running out. The clock is about to strike midnight, and time as we know it here on earth will forever be over. The dispensation that God has allotted to the Gentiles to come out of darkness and into His marvelous light is just about over. I'm talking about a midnight hour. The world that we are living in is a very dark place. We are living in the midnight hour. All you have to do is pick up a newspaper if anybody does that any morning or anymore. Pick up a, an iPad or, or turn on the TV or turn on the radio and we hear the things that are going on in this world and it does not take us very long to realize that we are living in the midnight hour. You see, midnight, although it is not the darkest hour of the night, it is the second darkest time of the night. You see, midnight marks the changing of a day from one day to another. Midnight, at midnight, when the clock strikes 12 a.m., a new day begins at the stroke of midnight. You see, strange things often happen at midnight. There are some creatures in the world that never become active until it is night. And dare I say, there are some people that are among us who are like these creatures. They never become active until it's dark. You hear me? There are some spirits that dwell among us that are not active until it is dark. They are not active until until we are in the midnight hour. They seem to show their face and they... Come on, somebody. They seem to show uh, what they are really made of in the midnight hour. They operate simply in the absence of light. They sleep during the day. They hide during the light hours. They try to pull the wool over everybody's eyes in the light hours. But you let darkness fall. You let calamity come. You let things just get a little bit dark and they begin to move in the darkness. The enemy fights in the darkness. Strange things happen in the night time. Crimes are committed during the night that are not committed during the day. People do things and they act ways during the cover of darkness. Somebody better hear me this morning. They act ways during the cover of darkness that they would not act during the daytime. They act ways when when someone begins to go through a dark time, then suddenly they they show their head and they begin to speak into your life in the dark times because... Because birds of a feather flock together. They are comfortable in the darkness. 
They live in darkness. They have lived in darkness so long that, dare I say, they would not know how to act should God turn the lights back on in their life. There are some things about night that I find rather peculiar because sickness gets worse at night. Fevers rage at night. There is something about night that causes this body to react in a way that sickness begins to grow worse. I don't know why this morning, and I'm not going to pretend to try to know why God chooses midnight to sound the cry. It seems that midnight is the hour when people usually think that things are over and it's time to relax. We get complacent in midnight. We get comfortable in midnight. We just we just accept our circumstance in midnight. We let down our guard in the midnight hour. But what I want to tell this church this morning is that we not we cannot afford to become comfortable and complacent in the night because that is when the enemy chooses to to attack us. That's when the enemy uses the cover of darkness and he shows up in your life and he begins to attack you on every side. That's just how cowardly that the enemy is. He's not going to show his face in the daytime. He's not going to reveal his position in the daytime. He's not going to show you his plan of attack in the daytime, but rather he waits till it's night. He waits till you lay down. He waits till you close your eyes. He wants to catch you off guard. He wants to catch us in a state of slumber. All the more reason that why we are in the midnight hour. We must be vigilant. We must be, we must be watching. We must be ready. When the enemy tries to come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Although that we relate midnight to calamity and to tragedy, the Bible lets us know that there have been some great things that have happened at midnight. Not only have there been protection and deliverance in the midnight hour. But I believe that there is a great event that is going to take place in the midnight hour. I believe that there is a great event coming in the darkest hour of our generation. I'm talking about an event like none other that has ever been recorded. I'm talking about an event such like that we have never seen. Whether you believe me or not today, that's up to you. But I'm going to tell you that we are living in a very dark hour. We are living in perhaps the darkest hour that our country and that our world has ever seen. The Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars. Look around you, sir. Look around you, ma'am. Not only are we in the middle of calamity and fighting and wars, but it's not just physically, but it's also verbally. Kim Jong-un The leader of North Korea has vowed to make the United States like a pile of jelly. He is is posturing against our country and our nation. He is threatening us every time that we turn around. You You don't have to look very far to see that we are in the midst of calamity. We are in a very dark time. Violence 
is running rampant in our world such like we have never seen. Just take a look a few weeks ago in Las Vegas when a gunman just decided to open up fire in a crowd at a concert. We are seeing violence on every hand. We are seeing unrest in the Middle East like we have never seen before. I want to tell somebody that my Bible says that when you see these things, when you notice these things take place, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. I want to tell somebody here today that just on the other side of midnight, I know it's dark right now and I know it looks bleak right now, but just on the other side of midnight, the Lord is coming on a cloud of glory and He is going to take His church out of here. Never, never seen things in the shape that they are right now. And and in spite of what some may believe and what some may say, they're not going to get better. Things are not going to get better. I'm telling you this morning, as sure as I'm standing behind this sacred desk, things are not going to get better, but they are going to get worse. I don't want to preach just doom and gloom today, but I want to open our eyes to the reality of the time in which we are living. Things are going to get worse. They're going to get much worse according to my Bible because my Bible says that perilous times shall come. The Bible tells us that the love of many is going to wax cold. We are seeing that. The Bible also says that there will come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine. We are seeing that today. They said, the Bible says that there will be those that call good evil and evil good. My Lord, are we seeing that today? The Bible also said that they will put darkness for light and light for darkness. And then it goes on to say that they will substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Perilous times. A great falling away. We are seeing it. Many are walking away from the truth. Many are walking away from religion in general. In general, religion seems to be on a decline in America. But I want to tell you this morning that the Word of God also tells me that these things, uh, when they begin to come to pass, that the church should look up and you should look in the eastern sky and you should listen for the sound of the trumpet because at any moment, at any hour, the Lord is going to call His church home and those that have made themselves ready are going to be called up to meet Him in the air. What a time. What a promise. What an event that's going to take place just a few moments, just a few days, just a few weeks, maybe just a few years. But I believe that God is coming in this generation. Better get ourselves ready because Jesus is coming. The old song said, soon and very soon. 
We are going to see the King. I sung it as a child when I would lay down on the pew. My grandfather would stand in this pulpit. My dad would stand here as they would slap the pulpit and they would sing soon and very soon. We are going to see the King. And then they would say, Jesus will be there. We are going to see the King. There'll be no more dying there because we are going to see the king. I'm talking to somebody. You're facing midnight in this life. Things don't seem like they could get any worse. You just did, you don't know what to do. I'm telling you that if you'll just hang on through the midnight hour, if you'll just hang on in the darkness, God is about to bring you out on the other side of midnight. There's not just one side of midnight, but there's also another side. Midnight. God is going to work in your situation. Our text in Matthew says that at midnight a cry was made. But I wonder if you have ever stopped to consider what happened on the other side of midnight. You see, I don't like to hear certain sounds at night. Being a dad, being a husband, there are things that happen at night, sounds that are associated with darkness that I don't like very much. I don't like, I don't like to hear the siren of a fire truck at night because somebody somewhere is most likely getting burned out of their home. It's bad enough in the day, don't get me wrong, but to hear it at night simply means that someone has nowhere to go. Or you hear the wail, the siren of an ambulance, and it means that either someone has become uh, ill or has taken a turn for the worse. It is bad enough in the daytime, but it's sad to hear that sound at night. Or what about when the phone rings in the middle of the night? When it rings at midnight, it usually means that something is wrong. It usually means that tragedy has struck. There is fear that floods us when the phone rings at night before we ever pick it up to answer it. Things go wrong all the time, but there's something about when it happens at midnight. I didn't come to preach doom and gloom to you this morning. Yes, we are living in darkness. And yes, there are troubles on every hand. And yes, it may be be midnight in your life. But I want to preach to you about the other side of midnight. And the other side of midnight is the time when the bridegroom is coming to catch his bride away. Every trial, every test, every struggle, every battle that you've had to fight. God will make it all right on the other side of midnight. Folks, Jesus is coming. Look at your neighbor and said he's coming. And he's going to make his appearing at the world's darkest hour. He's going to catch a lot of people though unprepared and off guard. They have allowed the darkness to deceive and to cause them 
to fall into a state of slumber. And they are sadly going to miss him when he comes calling. You see, this is not the first time that God, though ever, moved at midnight. Go in your Bible and read about the children of Israel. Go back with me to the history of the children of Israel. They had been in the land of bondage and lived in Goshen for some 430 years. God told Abraham after four generations, I'm coming and I'm going to deliver my people from the hands of the Egyptians. At midnight, a word was sent down in Goshen, and God told the children of Israel, I want you to get up, and I want you to get dressed. I want you to gird your loins, and I want you to put sandals on your feet for the journey that is ahead. He said, I told you four days ago to kill a lamb and to sprinkle its blood on the doorpost of your home. He said, I told you four days ago to take uh, to take that lamb that you sacrificed in your hand and to roast it and to get it ready to eat. He said, I told you four days ago what supplies I wanted you to put in your home because I'm coming I'm coming by at midnight and then the stores will be closed and there will be nowhere for you to get what you need for the journey. He then told him, he said, I told you I want you to have some lamb roasted with fire in the house. I told you I wanted blood applied to the outside of your house because when I'm giving the death angel his orders to go down to Egypt and to walk by the door of every house. I don't want him to go in the house, but I want him to walk by and I want him to look at the doorpost of every home on every house. And when he sees the blood, I want him to pass over that house. I want the time to be midnight and not an hour, not a moment sooner, but I want it to be one of the darkest times of the night. I want the call to go out at midnight that the death angel is walking and passing through Egypt. The Bible says that at the strike of 12 midnight that an angel dispatched from the presence of God Almighty walked down through Egypt and everywhere that the blood was not applied. Every home that did not have the blood applied to it. Every person that did not have the blood applied over them. Every house that was missing the blood, that death hit the house and the firstborn child was killed. Everywhere that the blood wasn't applied, death visited. Every person, every family, every dad that did not heed the call of God to apply the blood over his house, death visited that family. Death was in the house. There was mourning and crying in the habitation of Egypt, of every house that did not have the blood applied to the doorpost. I think I can quit drawing analogies. Dad, Mom, you better get the blood applied to your house. You better get the blood covering your family. You better get the blood on the doorpost because there is an hour that the the Lord is going to come. He is going to visit and every 
place that the blood is applied. He is going to walk past and he is going to pass by. But every person that does not have the blood applied to their life, then the death angel is going to visit. No, maybe not literally, but spiritually. If you don't have the blood applied to your life, then there is eternal death. You see what happens on the other side of midnight totally depends on how you react and what you do in the midnight hour. It depends on whether or not you have the blood applied to your life. It depends on whether you decide that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Don't leave it up to your children. Let them know that as long as you are in my house, as long as I have to give an account for you, we are going to serve the Lord. I'm here to tell you today on this Sunday morning, the cry has already been made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Get your house in order. Get your lives in order. Get the blood applied to your life. It may be morning. It may be night or noon. I can't tell you with all assurity, but I can tell you that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Prepare yourself to go out to meet him. Calvary, I want to tell you about a peculiar midnight. A night that was not determined by the chronological time of a clock, but a midnight that caused darkness to fall on Golgotha's hill. A midnight that caught the entire world by surprise. A midnight that was as black and as bleak as a thousand midnights. As that day the Son of God hung, nailed to a cross between two thieves for your sins and for mine. So gruesome was that midnight. So gruesome was the sight that the very foundations of the earth began to shake. The Bible says that the earth shook so violently that the graves were unlocked at the voice of the one who cried that day. It was 12 noon, but, the, but darkness filled the entire earth. Isaac Watts penned the now famous hymn when he wrote, Well, might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glory in when Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature sin at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by grace that I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. I'm telling you about the darkest hour that the world had ever faced when the Son of God gave up His life, when He hung on that cross for you and for me and when He cried with a loud voice and he said it is 
finished and they buried him in a tomb but I'm glad to tell you that he didn't stay there but three days and in those three days he went down to hell and he took the keys of death hell and the grave and on the third day he rose in victory because he had the keys of death hell and the grave it was midnight but on the other side of midnight God conquered death Jesus is coming. Look at your neighbor again and say, Jesus is coming. I'm sounding the cry to this congregation this morning. The trumpet is about to sound. I'm sending a clear call of warning that the trumpet is about to sound and Jesus is coming for a church that has made herself ready. He is coming for every man, woman, boy, girl, young person that has laid aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us and has turned and walked away from iniquity. I wish I could tell you that He's coming for everybody, but He's not. I wish I could tell you that everybody is going to make it, but they're not. I wish that I could tell you with all surety that everybody in this room is going to make it, but I can't say that because I don't know the condition of your soul. I can't save you. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't make your life ready for you. You've got to make that decision yourself. But all I'm going to tell you that this morning is that the church better make herself ready to meet Him when He comes. Because He is coming. And no man knows the hour or the day. He is coming, the Bible says, like a thief in the night. Jesus is coming for a bride just on the other side of midnight. Are you ready? Sir, are you ready? Ma'am, you made yourself ready. Young person, are you ready to meet him when he comes? I wish I could tell you that you had the rest of the day. I wish I could tell you that you had tomorrow. I wish I could tell you that you had next week or next year. I wish I could pinpoint the time that the Lord is coming, but I can't. I wouldn't dare. Many have wrote books and have gotten rich off of trying to predict when the Lord is coming, but no man knows the day nor the hour. Are you ready? Sir, ma'am, young person, don't leave this service this morning without securing your eternal destiny just on the other side of midnight. I read in my text the parable of the ten virgins, and I say, I'm cover this in closing. Stand with me this morning. The Bible says that five were ready. Their lamps were full of oil and they had extra oil in a vessel. But the Bible also speaks of five 
who had lamps that were empty. And they had no extra oil to put into their lamps to rekindle the fire. In fact, the Bible says that the five foolish looked at the five wise and said, Brother Isaac, and said, Give me some oil. Give me some oil. Give me some of your extra oil. Let me stop and pause for a second and say that you can not make it on someone else's experience. You can't make it on somebody else's oil, but you got to have your own oil. You got to have your own experience. You have to have your own relationship with God. You cannot make it with someone else's oil. Bible tells us that when the ones that had no oil, they left the place and they went to buy more at the last minute. They waited until it was midnight. They waited till the cry was being made before they got serious about the oil. They waited until the Lord was walking down the road on His way to meet His bride until they got serious about the lack of oil in their lamps. I want to tell somebody today, you better not play around. You better not mess around with your soul. You better not mess around with your eternal destiny. And you better not mess around with the souls of your family because Jesus is coming. Don't wait to the last moment. You may not have another moment. You may not have another chance. This may be the last service that you are ever in. It may be your last opportunity to make sure that you're ready to meet Him when He comes. You had better make sure that you have oil and that your lamp is trimmed and burning bright. You see, the oil represents the Holy Ghost. Make sure that you're full of the Holy Ghost. If I could admonish you one thing, the most important thing that I could tell you today is that make sure you're full of the Holy Ghost. Make sure that you're full of the Spirit. Make sure that you're seeking after the Spirit. Make sure that you're walking in the Spirit. Make sure that you are full of the Holy Ghost. I know it's midnight right now for somebody. I know there's pain in your life. And I know that there's sorrow now. But just on the other side of midnight, my word, my Bible promised me that there will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. There'll be no parting. There'll be no tears. For God shall wipe away every tear from your eye. We'll be renewed. Driving, I was riding home. Thank you to Brother Jeremy for driving me home so I could so I could study and make last minute preparations last night or this morning. But I was driving home and I thought that we're gonna be reunited with those that have gone on before us. 
We're going to be reunited with saints of old. We're going to see Sister, some of you don't know, but we're going to see Sister Percival. We're going to see Brother Percival. We're going to see Grandma Rutledge, and I think that she's going to pinch somebody. Grandma Rutledge, Sister Nancy Irons, mom, used to sit where Becky's sitting. And I remember Grandpa would preach and Grandpa would quote a scripture. And before he could ever get it out of his mouth, Grandma Rutledge would finish it. She was dedicated to the Word of the Lord. She had a relationship with the Lord. She, re- she made sure that at the end of life that she had oil in her lamp. She, made, she knew that she may not go by way of trumpet. She knew that it was possible that she would go by the way of grave. And it didn't matter because she had oil in her lamp. We're going to be reunited with saints of old. We're going to be reunited with giants in the faith such as uh, G.A. Mangan and brother Kenneth Haney. They're going to be there when we get there. But most of all, Jesus will be there. In all the trouble, in all the pain, in all the sickness, in all the uncertainty, He's going to pale in comparison with being with the, with the Lord for all eternity. I don't think that we're going to get there and complain that we had to go through what we had to go through. But I believe that we're going to dance and walk the streets of gold and dance and shout and and praise the Lord and say, thank God I made it. Thank God I made sure I had oil in my lamp. The Bible says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will find ourselves on the other side of midnight. In the twinkling of an eye, as a lightning flashes, lightning travels at 186,000 miles per second. In a moment, like a lightning flash. We won't have time to get things ready then. It will be too late. Those that have not made themselves ready, it will be, I'm sad to say, it will be too late. So you better make sure that you're ready today. It is midnight, and this preacher is sounding the cry in this congregation this morning. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Make yourself ready. Bow your head with me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Suppose that He came right now. What is it in your life? What are you holding on to that you would have to go back and get when the bridegroom comes? What is it? Suppose that He came right now. Who in your life is so important enough that you would chance missing His coming. I'm telling you right now that if I wasn't full of the Holy Ghost, 
I would run to this altar and I would ask God to fill me today. If you're waiting for an altar appeal, this is it right now. If I wasn't full of the Holy Ghost, I'd run to this altar this Sunday morning and I wouldn't leave this place until God filled me with His Spirit. Don't wait for another opportunity because it may never come. If you're cold and indifferent, if I were cold and indifferent, I would run to this altar and I would ask God to baptize me anew with a fresh anointing, with fresh fire. What we do today is going to prepare us for the other side of midnight. The altars are open right now. Come on, would you make sure that you're ready today? Would you make sure that you're ready should God come calling today? Would you make sure that you've made your calling an election sure today? You God, I need you, God. I need you. I'm so lost without you. I know that I would fail alone. I need you. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Come on, young person. Make sure that you're ready today. Make sure that you're ready. Should he come calling today? I need you. I need you. Come on, sing and say, Lord, I can't live without you. I won't last without you. I need you. I need you. I am so lost without you. I know that I would fail alone. I need you. Ah, come on, make sure that you're ready today. God, because I can't live without without you. I won't last without you. I need you. I need you. And I'm so lost without you. I know that I would fail alone. I need you. Come on one more time. I can't live without you. Why I can't be without you. Come on, somebody make a decision today. I'm going to be ready for the other side of midnight. I don't care how dark it is. I don't care what I have to go through. But I'm preparing myself for the other side of midnight. I won't last.